The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, Jay Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network show and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome. I am your host, Jay Taylor, also the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks, which you can learn more about by going to my website at miningstocks.com. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, and I also want to thank our corporate sponsors, namely Coral Gold, Hawthorne Gold, and Palangio Exploration, for making this show possible. You know, the goal of this show is to help common, ordinary folks understand what is really going on in the markets rather than the poppycock that you receive every day on the mainstream media. And this week we have two guests who will feed you ideas definitely outside of the normal Main Street propaganda that you hear every day from the self-serving Washington and Wall Street crowd. Our special guest this week is Ellen Hodgson Brown. She is the author of many books, the latest of which is Web of Debt, and you won't want to miss Ellen's insights into the current economic malaise and the global economy um, that we find ourselves in. And our other guest is certainly no less special than Ellen Brown. In fact, he was, uh, on April 28th, our special guest. He is Bob Hoy, the editor of Institutional Advisors Newsletter. He is a highly acclaimed analyst who sells his research to institutional investors as well as wealthy individuals. Bob will be with us in just a minute. Now, this past week on my uh, weekend in my newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, I recommended the sale of our oil, most of our oil and gas stocks, uranium stocks, and even suggested we take some profits from some of the gold shares that have been very, very kind to us so far. And why not? Our portfolio had been up over 50% by the end of last weekend. It was up over 45% so far this year. Uraniums were up 158%, oil and gas up 34%, gold producers were up 33%, and really the big winners in the gold sector were the speculative junior gold stocks that were up 75%. But I'm very concerned that we are likely to to run into some really difficult times in the equity markets before the end of this year. 
we'll be talking more uh, to our, our special guest as well as uh, Bob Hoy uh, in just a minute. Um, so, well, actually, let's turn to Bob right now. Hello, Bob. You there? Good to be with you, Jay. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, for joining me again this week. Uh, in addition to yourself, and I read you faithfully every everything that you send out, Bob, uh, in addition to yourself, I follow the work of an Elliott Wave analyst named Dr. Robert McHugh. And Robert is calling for a decline during the next couple of weeks of about to about 7,700 in the Dow. We're not that far from it now. I see we're at 8,180. Uh, and about the mid-800s the mid in the S&P, not too far from that either. Then he expects one more major last hurrah up before the markets roll over in the fall, and he's expecting uh, to see something upwards to 9,700 on the Dow and a little over 1,000 on the S&P 500. Well, I'd just like to get your sense of what your feeling is for the equity markets going forward the second half of this year. Well, uh, I must confess to being short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what we had for this year would be a very vigorous rebound in stocks, major commodities, corporate bonds, you know, all the orthodox world right mm-hmm. up until around May. Mm-hmm. And with that, the dollar would weaken the dollar index. And that we got. So and the other part was that it would be a, a sensational enough move to come up with very positive statements by the mainstream and also um, sentiment. And also technically we got some very good upside exhaustion readings on things. So now we're looking for the decline, um, a stair-step decline, probably churning through the summer and then uh, a, a severe decline into late fall. Uh, the reason for this is that we have had a rather typical rebound out of a rather typical classic fall crash in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And that often is run out to May. Now, then there's one other conditioner to keep in mind on this, is that the previous crashes in the fall, like 1929 or 1873, came immediately upon uh, record highs in early September. Mm. This time, the stock market high was in October, <clears throat> excuse me, of 07. So we're 20 months out from the high, and following 1929, 20 months out was mid-1931 when the wheels started to come off of any banking uh, help that was given to the system. Mm -hmm. And uh, also I should note that uh, following the bubble of 1873, 20 months out was was the mid-1875, and that was also a time when a massive change came into the money market and then the next leg down. So what the street is celebration, celebrating now is the genius of Obama and the Fed to, with their stimulus program, and the stock market's gone up far enough that everybody's confident that the economy's going to be recovering solidly in the last part of the year. We think this is very similar to previous post-bubble paths, and what you're finding is that the stock market rebound was technical and natural and it made the policymakers look good, and it's about to roll over, which will make the policymakers look bad again. Bob, uh, 20 months into this after the peak, what, what is that where we're at right now? Yeah, the May of 1931, mm-hmm. they, they, they discovered that Credit Anstalt, a very big uh, central European bank, was in trouble. Mm-hmm. It had been used by the state previously, the previous year, to bail out a lesser bank that was in problems. Does this sound uh, familiar? <laughs> Bigger I'll, banks being forced to help, but smaller banks. 
so did I, I'm not quite sure if I remember what you said. In terms of the rest of the summer, do you see a, a possible rally up yet before the big one down, oh, or do you think anything is possible? Yeah. The, the Bulls still have a, a fair amount of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And, but I just sort of said it choppy through the summer. And then the reason for looking to a, a, a difficult fall is the seasonality is there. Your greatest pressures in the financial market have culminated in the fall. Why is that, Bob? Have you any idea? Well, I'll give you the other polarity on that. Okay. You always have a, a, a nice narrowing of credit spreads into May or June of a year. Mm-hmm. And that gives, sets everything up for a sell in May and go away. Mm-hmm. So even as back as a major mortgage crisis in northern Italy and in, in the, in the city states there, such as Florence in 1346, 1347, mm-hmm. The major pressures in that liquidity problem hit in the fall. So mm. it's been around for a long time, and mm. uh, it, it just it makes sense not to defy the what financial history is trying to tell you. Yeah, I guess it does, Bob. But I don't don't quite understand it. I guess I've, I'm arrogant enough to want to think I could understand <laughs> the markets. Huh? I found out, Jay. One never asks why. If, if you have an idea of how it's going to work that's or the timing on something that's that's pretty good well that's pretty good maybe i'm maybe i'm wanting to be a central planner or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know and unfortunately this will take uh, some of the gold mining stocks down with it they are a source of liquidity when Mm. other sectors are getting hammered Mm -hmm. and as you know we uh, follow the real price of gold and that's it's purchasing power relative to commodities or relative to stocks Mm -hmm. and also if you keep track as we do with gold divided by our own commodity index Mm -hmm. that's a very good reflection of the real price and it um, over the last 300 years in a major boom a big bubble has gone down and uh, then it goes up and our index for that price of gold came down to a low of 143 in May of 07 and as you recall that's when the credit markets began to turn to a disaster Mm -hmm. and then that gold relative to commodities went all the way up to over 500 in February, and that was when the Orthodox markets were getting beat up. Yeah. Now then, with the joy coming into the Orthodox side out until around May, we expected the real price of gold to go down, and it did. It sold all the way off down to about 320. Mm-hmm. Major correction. But the way we look at it is that that increase in the real price reflects a tremendous increase in profitability for gold mining. Mm-hmm. Their costs are uh, are favorable relative to the price of what they're going to receive for bullion. Mm-hmm. And then the next leg up is about to start as uh, stocks and commodities and corporate bonds head down again. Mm-hmm. That'll improve the real price, and it's going to be ironical because it don't won't help the mining stocks. Well, sure. Then you're going to start to see really good earnings coming into the gold mining shares, and probably what money's left in the equity markets. Some of that will, a lot of that will go towards the gold shares and drive them higher. Is that the theory? Yeah, but after you have the, the liquidity crisis, that could go into the fall. Mm-hmm. So our uh, outlook for uh, the whole gold mining sector is that underneath it, the real price will be improving steadily from around now. And and into the first quarter, and by that time, this there'll be uh, well two and a half years of 
of building a foundation of improving profitability for the industry. And also I would add, Jay, that the increase in the real price of gold also increases the valuation of ore deposits that are not yet in production. Sure, sure. So well, it's building a base of prosperity for the industry that is outstanding, mm-hmm. and uh, this should hook up with stocks in the, in, from juniors to seniors, perhaps early in, in next year. It's, one well, has to be patient. But then Mr. Market came along and gave us a pretty good pop in the gold stocks recently and, and encompassed some of the juniors, had some good gains, and our sure advice did. then was to take some money off the table and to get short some of the senior silver stocks because on the next phase of credit concerns, silver will likely plunge relative to gold. I mean, well, I'd, yeah, I'd love to get into that more with you, Robert, uh, Bob, I should say, because uh, silver, I know you follow the silver-gold ratio very closely, and that also provides some good trading hints as well. We're almost out of time here this week uh, on this uh, segment, uh, so we want to have you back to discuss this stuff. This is really, really important stuff. And, folks, one of the reasons I had my subscribers selling their gold shares, taking some profits off the table, was because... Of my uh, because of my belief in what Bob is saying, he he really is excellent. And by the way, Bob, can you give them their website so you can uh, people can go and, and learn more about your work? Yeah, it's institutionaladvisors.com, or right. a quick and easy way to get into it is just Google my name. I, uh, a while ago, I discovered I tried it myself and I discovered it all over the place. Bob Hoy, H O Y E, I think. Yeah, Bob Hoy, just B O B H O Y E. Very good, Bob. Thanks for your for your golden nuggets of wisdom here. It's really, really important to us, and uh, we'll look to talk to you soon again. I hope. Sure thing, Jay. Good to be with you. Okay, thanks, and we'll be right back with our special guest this week, Ellen Brown. Don't go away. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Business Owners Speak fills a long-neglected niche in the national media coverage of American business. The myriad of challenges and opportunities facing small business owners and entrepreneurs are addressed at ground level in a positive, business-like manner. We face the realities of meeting payroll and being completely dependent upon the success of a business for which we alone are responsible. So loosen your tie, business owner, bring along your own experiences, and log on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. 
At MiningStocks.com, JNS Associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questions4taylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm here with our special guest this week, Ellen Hodgson Brown. She's the author of Web of Debt, among many other books that she's written. You know, in my newsletter, I often talk about how the existing monetary system is reallocating wealth from those who create it, and I consider miners, manufacturers, farmers, inventors, people who actually produce something of value for us. Those are the people that really create wealth. I'm not talking money, I'm talking wealth. On this show, we've had people like Ed Griffin. He's the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island. We've had Congressman Ron Paul on, both of whom are critics of the Federal Reserve Bank. In fact, Ron Paul has introduced legislation every congressional term to have the Federal Reserve outlawed, and recently he's gained a lot of traction in terms of having the Fed um, audited to, so that Amer- so the American people can actually see what the Federal Reserve is up to. And now I understand he has enough support in Congress, if the leadership allows the bill to be reported to the house, to the floor, to actually gain approval for an audit of the Federal Reserve. Well, that would be wonderful, I think. Today's special guest, as I say, Ellen Brown, she's also a Federal Reserve critic, and she uh, has developed her research skills. She's, as I mentioned, has written many books, She's developed her research skills as an attorney practicing civil litigation in Los Angeles. In Web of Debt, her latest book, she turns those skills into an analysis of the Federal Reserve and the Money Trust. She shows how this private cartel has usurped the people's power to create money and how we, the people, uh, can get it back. 
so there's hope there. Ellen uh, developed an interest in the developing world and its problems while living abroad for 11 years in Kenya, Honduras, Guatemala, and Nicaragua. She pra- returned to practicing law when she uh, was asked to join the legal team of a popular Tijuana healer with an innovative cancer therapy who was targeted by the chemotherapy industry in the 1990s. That experience led to her book, Forbidden Medicine, which traces the suppression of natural health treatments to the same corrupting influence that have captured the money system. Ellen's 11 books include the best-selling Nature's Pharmacy, uh, co-authored by Dr. Lynn Walker. Welcome, Ellen, to our show. Thanks, Jay. Uh, you have a very interesting background. I, I think it's uh, it's commendable. You're obviously interested in the social ills and uh, you know people that are hurt, uh, not necessarily the the rich and the powerful, but the common folks. And that's really what our radio program tries to address: common, ordinary folks who may not be aware of what's going on. And empowering people to understand what really is happening is so so important. So I'm really thankful that you've come on our show because I believe that you're onto something in your book. Um, first of all, before we go any further, I just want to give you a chance to tell our listeners where they can learn more about your work, this book, and perhaps others that you've written in the past. This book is called Web of Debt, and the website is called webofdebt.com. Mm-hmm. So it can be ordered there or on Amazon. And my other books are available on my uh, website, ellenbrown.com. All right. That's uh, easy enough. It's uh, certainly an easy name, too, so... Um, our monetary system, uh, and I'm, I'm reading here from something I, I read on your website, um, Web of Debt, uh, and I quote, Our monetary system is not what we have been led to believe. The creation of money has been privatized or taken over by a private money cartel. Except for coins, all of our money is now created as loans advanced by private banking institutions, including the private Federal Reserve. Banks create the principal but not the interest to service their loans. To find the uh, interest, new loans must continually be taken out, expanding the money supply, inflating prices, and robbing you of the value of your money. So could you explain how money is created essentially in our fiat currency system uh, out of thin air? Uh, You know, most people still believe that money has something tangible behind it. I remember my son when he was in junior high school coming home and telling me that his his history teacher told him that the dollar was still backed by gold. So we know that's not true, but uh, obviously a lot of people still believe it. So could you explain really how money is created and what it really is, what we're using, what we call money these days? The Constitution says Congress shall have the power to coin money and regulate the value thereof, and that's all that that Congress does. They coin money. Coins compose about one billion dollars worth of the money supply, so it's about one ten-thousandth or less than that of the entire money supply if you're counting M3, then what we think of as money, these dollar bills we see being printed by the Federal Reserve, well, they're actually printed by the Bureau of Graving and Printing, uh, which is a government agency, and then those bills are, um, the printing is paid for by the Federal Reserve, a private federal a private banking institution, mm-hmm. and it then lends the money to the U.S. government basically by buying, buying bonds. It buys some short-term bonds, and then the, those dollar bills become the reserves for the banks, mm-hmm. for any banks that might actually need physical dollar bills in their business. Mm-hmm. So most, and 
those dollar bills are only 3% of the money supply. So all the rest, 97%, where does that come from? It all comes from banks, which create it on their books. Whenever anyone walks into a bank to get a loan, they do it by double-entry bookkeeping. Uh, Most money comes from mortgages. So let's say you walk into the bank and you want to get um, a mortgage. The bank will write your house or your mortgage, which is a signed piece of paper, up into one side of its books as an asset to itself because you have agreed to pay money over time to the bank. Let's say it was $500,000. So you've agreed to pay that money over time uh, plus interest. And then on the other side of their books, they will write a liability to themselves in the same amount, $500,000, because they are going to write that money into your account and you can then write checks on it. So so that's they have to pay out on those checks when somebody draws on them. But it's all done with numbers on a screen. There's no real money except mm. when somebody walks in the bank and actually wants physical paper dollars. And for that, they have a reserve requirement. They used to have a reserve requirement of 10%, but they've pretty much gotten around that by overnight sweeps and all these other mm-hmm. finaglings that they do. So the real break on how much... It's all credit, really. So all our money is really credit. And the real break on how much credit the banks can create is the capital requirement, which is imposed from abroad by the Bank for International Settlements, the head of the private central global banking system. So, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So the the capital requirement, it's risk-weighted, but it's like 8%, 4%. It's 8% for an ordinary loan, 4% if it's... uh, uh, mortgage-backed. It's zero percent if it's uh, federal bonds because sure. they're considered as good as cash. So let's say it's eight percent. For every eight dollars you have in capital, you can make a hundred dollars in loan. Mm-hmm. That's in theory. Mm-hmm. But what banks used to do is they would bundle all that money up into securities and sell it off to investors. Mm-hmm. So they they could make with their eight dollars of capital, they could make a hundred dollars or ninety-two dollars in loans. Sell, sell those off, and then they can make another 92 and then right. another 92 So they, they basically, and they would make loans to anybody because they would sell the risk off to somebody yeah. else who bought these derivatives, credit default swaps. Mm-hmm. But, so that's where... That's what we've had going. So if I understand you, you're saying the vast majority of, of what we consider what is the money supply is really unconstitutional? Is that an accurate statement? Uh, well, it, many people will argue that where it's... Yes, well, it says Congress shall have the power to coin money and regulate the value thereof. Now, obviously, you can argue about coining. Many people say, well, that's what Congress meant. They only wanted them to coin gold or whatever, Mm -hmm. and anything else didn't count. Mm -hmm. But they've obviously delegated the the ability to regulate the value as well because the value of the currency comes from the quantity that's out there. The more that's out there, the less the value. Sure. So if you allow banks to print or create all the credit they want, you've devalued the value of each dollar. So they, they have delegated the power to regulate the value, and then um, there's a provision in the Constitution that says no state shall issue bills of credit. So states are not allowed to issue paper money. But And then there's another provision that says um, anything not specifically delegated uh, uh, given to the states or, or, sorry, given to Congress or forbidden to the states is um, allowed to the states and the people. Mm-hmm. So I think the argument is that banks are considered the people. In other words, private banks, 
bankers have stepped in and said, well, nobody else is creating paper money, so, so we'll do we're it. doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly has led to to a lot of uh, problems, and as you as you notice, uh, or as you've noted, the you know the debasing of the currency in essence has happened big time. Now, you did mention derivatives and what you were talking about a minute ago, and you made some reference, or at least something I read that you said on the on your website that these derivatives have become a huge problem. Uh, could you just talk a little bit about derivatives? Where are the problems in the derivatives? Now, we only have about a minute left here before the break, actually 30 seconds. So maybe what I'd just ask you to do, we're going to come back after the break, but uh, could you just maybe define what among the derivatives are you most concerned about? It is those credit default swaps. Because the banks had the ability to sell a, to sell risk to this other set of investors, mm-hmm. They didn't worry about who they made loans to, so they made loans to everybody in sight. And then it turned out that the derivatives weren't good. Many of them were, for instance, covered by AIG, sold by AIG. It's sold as a form of insurance, but it's not really insurance because there's no insurance commissioner checking to make sure that they have the money to pay up in the event of widespread default, which they don't. Uh-huh. So uh, you you mentioned also um, you're talking about the mathematical limits of this game and and uh, maybe if we're I think we're um, let's just see who's going okay so uh, we're gonna go on we're coming up on the break right now so as soon as we come back Ellen I'd like to ask you about uh, you know how far and how long can this thing go so we'll be right back with Ellen Brown. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
properties and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks, at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm here with Ellen Brown, the author of Web of Debt. Ellen, before we left uh, for the break, uh, we just touched a little bit on derivatives, and uh, I'm going to read a quote from your website. It said, "Not only is virtually the entire monetary or the money su- supply created privately by banks, but a mere handful of very big banks are responsible for a massive investment scheme known as derivatives, which now tallies in at hundreds of trillions of dollars. The banking system has been contrived so that these big banks always get bailed out by the taxpayer from their risky ventures." but the scheme has reached its mathematical limits. How so? Why do you say that, that this, uh, this, we're near the end game here? There are $180 trillion worth of derivatives on the books of U.S. banks. And worldwide, there, were, there are over a quadrillion dollars worth of uh, derivatives trades. Well, the total gross domestic product of all the countries in the world is only $60 trillion. Mm-hmm. So it's mathematically impossible to pay off all those bets. And it was thought that they were covered. I mean, that, that what what was missing when they started doing all this betting was nobody checked to make sure that the counterparties had the money to pay up. But as soon as Bear Stearns went bankrupt, that's when everybody realized that they, that they didn't have the money and that if one of these big players were to go down, this whole edifice could go down. And then this edifice is protecting... Um, many investments. There, there are many things that, for instance, pension funds can only buy AAA investments. And mm-hmm. they got their AAA rating because of a derivative that supposedly protected them against risk. Well, if that doesn't protect them against risk, then all those bets are going to go down at once. I mean, there, there'll be a, a race to sell off all these AAA investments that are no longer AAA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so 
the credit quality of those institutions that were on one side of a derivative trade, if if they fail, then they're not able to uphold their end of that of that derivative agreement, and then the whole system can topple over. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows how to unwind it now. It was all done on the presumption. Nobody checked to make sure that all the parties could really play, and they couldn't. So now that they realize that and that the whole thing is shaky and nobody trusts it anymore. So you believe, I mean, first of all, $180 trillion, I think you said, there. there's no reason to believe that they would all have to come due, though, necessarily, is there? No, and it's the credit default swaps that are the the delicate ones right now, and that's about sixty trillion, mm-hmm. and those are all mm-hmm. those are all the things guaranteeing against default. And there, so there's massive loan defaults everywhere. First there was housing, and now there's going to be all the commercial real estate, and the states are going bankrupt. Yeah, your state of California is leading the leading the charge as they do on so many issues now. I guess um, in your book, Web of Debt, you you know you offer some hope. Uh, you talk about going back to the founding fathers, that there is some, and I don't know that we have time to get into all that uh, today, but I, I do note that one of your, your answer is not to be found, at least um, your, I think what you're proposing is not to be found in a return to the gold standard. Is that correct? Right. Um, you're, you're really, really I think as to- I understand it, you you believe that the Federal Reserve should not be, it shouldn't be a federal organization that has control of our money supply, but rather the government, and that it should be a paper money money system and not necessarily a gold or silver-backed money system. Well, it's a credit system, Mm -hmm. and credit is really just a series of legal agreements. Mm -hmm. So who you want to back your credit, just like you want a, a public judge to sit on, to negotiate your contracts, you would want a public institution overseeing this series of agreements. Basically what happens is the seller wants his money now. The buyer doesn't have it. The buyer says, let me pay you over time, and I'll pay you extra for the privilege. But the buyer doesn't, the seller doesn't know the buyer, so he doesn't trust the buyer. But but he will trust this entity called a bank that's mm-hmm. been around town for a long time. So the bank says, okay, we'll pretend to have the money, and we'll um, front the money for the for the buyer, and then the buyer will pay us double to cover us in case some of our some of our customers don't pay. Mm-hmm. But the banks have gotten in trouble doing that because they have this capital requirement, and whenever loans go bad, it, it eats up that capital. So that's why there's this credit freeze right now. But if, if it were a public institution, you don't have to have any pretense. You can just say, this is... Um, with the buyer and seller, in order to trust each other, they can go to this third entity called a public bank, which will oversee the deal and make sure that the buyer really has the assets, you know, the collateral that he says he does, and that if he tries to skip town, we'll find him and mm-hmm. we'll attach his wages or we'll foreclose on his property. There's this whole legal structure in place mm-hmm. to oversee the deal, and that's basically what a bank is. It's just an extender of credit. Okay, so we don't have that now. Has that gone away? They're pretend. Well, they that's what they are doing. They're mm-hmm. they're extending credit because they're pretending to really have the money. Um, sorry, because they're pretending to really have the money. Um, they, they there are limits on what they can do, and yeah. and it's falling apart because they can't meet their capital requirement. You wouldn't need a capital requirement if it was a public system. I got it. So, could you explain why then? Do, do you then necessarily believe that gold or a, a gold end or a silver-backed uh, monetary system would be would not be a good thing? Well, you can't have pure gold because 
where are you going to get the gold? There's uh, something like $13 trillion in the money supply right now. <clears throat> so you would have to trade all those dollars in for gold somehow. Mm-hmm. So, so there's only 2 or $3 or $4 trillion worth of gold in the world. Of course, you could revalue it and you could say mm-hmm. gold is now worth $4,000 an ounce. But even so, how are you going to buy it? You walk over to these Indian women that have it around their necks and mm-hmm. they sell me your gold. And they say, what are you going to buy it with? And you say, well, here, take some of these dollars. And they say, but your dollars aren't going to be worth anything. If only gold is going to be the medium of exchange, how are you going to get it? The government's going to have to only use what we have in Fort Knox, and you know there's practically nothing in there anymore. Yeah, we don't know what there is there, do we? I mean, it's not been audited since Eisenhower. Either that or confiscate the gold of the people who have it, and we people who have it aren't going to be too pleased with that. Aren't going to be too happy. I... so would you advise people to invest in gold? I think it's a good investment, but it's not really going anywhere lately. Um, there is this whole inflation-deflation question. Indeed there is, and I want to ask you about that because as I as I go over some of your work, I've, I've noticed you tend to be leaning on the deflation side. And, Ellen, you know this is one of the hottest topics among among gold-orientated investors. It's certainly one of the issues that I uh, occupy a lot of my time with uh, in my newsletter and also on this show. So let me uh, let me hear what your what your views are on this uh, on this argument. Um, in a, our entire system is based on credit, and in a credit system, um, if you don't have as many as much money being going out in the form of loans as you have, uh, it, I mean, the government can print like, print like crazy, which is what they're doing right now. Or the Fed is creating money on their books. So they've created two trillion recently on their books. But $14 trillion have disappeared from the entire system. There's $10 trillion that have disappeared from the shadow lenders. Those are all those um, lenders that used to buy the uh, coll- uh, collateralized debt, uh, the you know, mortgage-backed securities from the banks, allowing more room on the bank's books so they can make yet more loans and yet more loans. Mm-hmm. So even though the banks will tell you that they're fully loaned up, they've, they've only, they're only loaned up once. They, there's... They hit a ceiling as soon as their capital base is used up, mm-hmm. whereas before they used to be able to keep multiplying it. Yeah. So that's there's a ten trillion dollar hole right there. So, and um, I just saw a Robert Prechter says it's fourteen trillion is the yeah. size of the hole in the in the U.S. So even if the Federal Reserve monetized the entire federal debt, which is getting close to it, I guess it's eleven trillion now. Even if they turn the entire federal debt into paper dollars, mm-hmm. you would still not fill, fill that hole. And Japan tried to do it starting in 1989, and they haven't been able to pull themselves out of deflation. Mm-hmm. Well, what couldn't the federal government, uh, the federal government or the the banking system? I'm not suggesting that they would, uh, but couldn't they just simply? Literally print money and shower it out, helicopter money, as Ben Bernanke's talked about, and just you know, or distribute it to people through the uh, you know through the through the mail, through the federal mail system, and you know, write out ten thousand, a hundred thousand dollar checks, a million dollar checks, whatever number, just give it to people and let them go out and spend it. Couldn't they reflate the system that way? Well, there are people that um, Richard Cook recommends that. That is one theory of how to do it. But I think that the better way is to actually actually monetize the, the federal debt. In other words, buy back all those bonds from the foreigners that have them, and uh, and then you eliminate interest immediately because it is your government bank. The, the Fed does rebate all, even if it's not nationalized or even mm-hmm. if it's private. They do rebate all their interest after deducting their costs. So that's a good thing. 
So. All right, uh, Ellen, it seems like we're just about out of time. Folks, Ellen has some very, very interesting things to say, and we're out of time, so we're not going to be able to let her talk much more this time, maybe some other time. But you can go to her website at webofdebt.com and learn much, much more. Ellen, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Your, your ideas are certainly worth listening to and, and considering. And all the best to you, and I hope we can talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks, Jay. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Business Owners Speak fills a long-neglected niche in the national media coverage of American business. The myriad of challenges and opportunities facing small business owners and entrepreneurs are addressed at ground level in a positive, business-like manner. We face the realities of meeting payroll and being completely dependent upon the success of a business for which we alone are responsible. So loosen your tie, business owner, bring along your own experiences, and log on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, 
Taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, I am Jay Taylor, your host for Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Uh, Lena Mona Soritas wasn't able to be with us uh, this week. Uh, however, I just want to pass on a couple of her remarks. She sent me an email earlier today, and she's suggesting that the markets are very much in a wait-and-see mode. Uh, that's her view from Europe anyway, from Athens, Greece, where she does her work. I see that the uh, Dow is down 150 today, so I'm not so sure that it's in wait-and-see. It looks like there's a lot of people somewhat apprehensive. She says they're really focused on, on this whole dollar issue with China going back and forth, sometimes supporting the dollar in their comments and sometimes not so much. And she says the global economic recovery process seems to be very much in doubt, that the stimulus plan simply isn't working, at least that's what the way it seems. So traders are really sitting on the sidelines for the moment and kind of waiting to, she thinks, sell. She's really concerned about a very major meltdown in the equity markets uh, sometime this year, this summer, this fall. And that's certainly consistent with what Bob Hoy has said. It's certainly consistent with what we've been talking about and what uh, Dr. Robert McHugh has been talking about as well. Well, Chen is with us now. Uh, Chen, uh, what do you think? Are you uh, concerned as well about the equity markets? And if so, what are you doing about it? Oh, yes. I'm very much uh, concerned. Uh, I've been uh, busy sending out sell orders uh, since last week. I think I already sent out probably close like at least 10 positions. I just I uh, sent a couple of just a few minutes ago to my subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, the the the, um, the speed of the oil drop is very alarming, and it's very very fast. I tried to put on some short oil position to hedge, but they were dropping so fast I couldn't put on. So I have to sell my oil stock. Um, the uh, you know I, I'm basically kind of concerned right now. Uh, the market looks like a topped, and when they start to drop, it can go much lower. And for us, we are uh, investing a lot of small cap stocks. And those stocks can do much harder, especially in the summer, not much liquidity there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's a major concern. And also, since there are some predictions, there may be some rebound. You know, Goldman Sachs earning may be great, and then we may rebound in the mid of July. Mm-hmm. But even the rebound, uh, sometimes only big cap participants. Yeah. You know, so, so, may, so I may well just, you know, have some cash, uh, put a lot of cash on the sideline. Uh, just waiting, you know, waiting for hunting. In the meantime, I, you know, I send out a, a comprehensive list of stocks that I intend to to hold mm-hmm. for this summer. So, uh, you know, for for reader to see, you know, because I want to have those stocks that have uh, some major catalyst. You know. Sure, sure. Well, Chen, that that certainly is also consistent what you're doing with with what Bob Hoy said, and Bob is extremely bullish on the gold stocks, but not right away. He thinks the gold shares are going to take a hit. Have your gold shares gone down a lot in the last few days? Uh, down a little bit, not much. Actually, my, my major, I haven't, I didn't sell, I didn't, you know, didn't sell a single share of uh, gold stock, by mm-hmm. the way. Although they sell other stocks, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, high dividend, you know, the energy and all the, so on and so forth. Uh, gold stock uh, actually was quite stable, my gold stock. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just like a, um, you know, uh, the, the stock maybe is hitting a bottom. I do not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the stock I mentioned, one of those is Apollo Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some careful research. I talked to the management. Uh, it seems to be a very, they have some very exciting opportunities coming, uh, mostly in the drilling. Uh, yeah. they, have a, they hit a big, big hole uh, in um, uh, in the recent drilling in the yeah. Reef Ox. 
Right, I think, Chen, and this is, you know, one of my favorites in my newsletter as well. If I, re- if I remember right, it was 12 or 13 ounces that were a fairly good, uh, intercept, which is just out of this world. And I guess the sense is there that they could be onto a new zone that could be a very high grade, relatively near surface zone. And if that's true, this share, these shares could go up even if the rest of the gold shares are going down. Is that what you're thinking is? Yeah, exactly. It's so shallow, only 50 meter under. And then the width of that 13 ounce is three and a half meter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's 10 feet mm-hmm. huge. It's a huge gold zone. Go, I went there, I looked at the sample, I, I was very impressed. So basically, they just close up the broad deal, which will close next week. As soon as they have money, they will start drilling. Okay, it's a 15, it's 50 meters, so it's a very shallow drill hole. It takes about two days. I talked to the company, two days to drill, and I send to Asset Lab. Right now, Asset Lab has basically nothing to do because nobody is drilling except gold company. So then, you know, they, they can turn around very, very quickly. So the result can be back to the company's hand, you know, before the end of this month. And then they can announce, I mean, or they can wait for to get all the assets and then announce it. So I, that I do not know. So, but I, I see it, it's, um, you know, it, it could be onto something major there. All right, Chan, I wish we had more time. I, I think we get, we want to watch uh, <clears throat> Apollo Gold. I'm certainly watching it. There's a, a number of others that you have on your list. Folks, if you want to get a, uh, an update of, of Chen's comprehensive list, you can take out a trial subscription to his newsletter for one month. It's $39. Call my assistant, Claudio Bossi, at 718-457-1426. That's 718-457-1426. Or go to our website at miningstocks.com and go to the sign-up section, the sign-up page, and you can uh, sign up for Chen's newsletter as well. Chen, that's about all the time I've got this week. Hang on, though. I'm going to just make my uh, closing remarks here. My views on the market, I'm very much with Chen and his concerns, Bob Hoy and the others we've had on the show, Lena and so forth. My big concern here, folks, as I mentioned earlier, is that this equity market is going to tank. It's going to go down big time. There's no guarantees. And when I say it's going to, I believe there's a high probability that we're going to see the equity markets go down much, much greater. The reason is because the underlying economy is so weak. It's not picking up. Lending is not taking place. Watch the commercial paper market. It's something I started watching very carefully. Commercial paper loans are down huge. And what that is telling us is that the commerce... The underlying business in the economy is dying. It's drying up very, very rapidly. So unless they can somehow get the global economy moving again, unless they can stimulate demand, and I don't see how they can because the consumer is flat on his back right now. He's destitute. He's out of. He's he's broke. He can't borrow any more any, any more money. The credit card companies are cutting off his credit supply. And I agree with Dr. McHugh, who says that unless they send out massive amounts of money to the individuals. We're going to go down into a deflationary implosion. Now, I know there's plenty of people who listen to this show who think that hyperinflation is the problem, and I'm not ruling that out at all, but at this point in time, it seems to me deflation is still the force that's in play, very, very much so. Uh, we want to own gold and gold shares, as we've been talking about, because we think that, uh, uh, as, as Bob Hoy talked about, that gold mining shares are going to do very well because the economics of gold mining improves when the cost of everything else goes down in a deflationary environment. We saw this, as Hoy points out, over the last 300 years. The, whenever we've had uh, six of these major credit expansion, credit contraction episodes, in the contraction phase, the real price of gold goes up dramatically, uh, and that is really what matters. In the 1930s, gold mining did extremely well. 
I think that that's going to be the case again. There's again, there's no never any guarantees. Uh, that's just about all the time we've got this week. Before we leave, I want to thank again our sponsors: Coral Gold, Hawthorne Gold, Palangelo Exploration, and I want to also thank my executive producer Tracy uh, Tacy Trump, and uh, as well as uh, Travis Ortwin, my engineer, and Ruben Columba Columbe. Uh, the chief engineer for making all this possible. I want to mention that next week we're going to have James Turk. He's the proprietor of Gold Money, goldmoney.com. Uh, James is an inflationist. He believes very strongly that hyperinflation is the threat, and he's going to have some real words of wisdom. So you don't want to miss James Turk next week, our special guest on Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Until next week, goodbye, and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.